I was making a lot of poor choices in my life. And those choices caught up to me and I had to face them. And I had to just accept ownership of that and say, I've created a mess of my life. It is my responsibility. I'm the one who made this bed. I got to lay in it for now and I've got to make some changes if I want to get out on this on on, on the other side okay. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey, what is up, my friends? Today, man, we've got a good episode today. Lots of goodness. I will tell you about it in just a second. But first, (laughs) our sponsors, check them out, T8.run. Go to T8.run, check out their gear for ultra runners by ultra runners. You need to try out their commando shorts. With all this heat and with all some of you in the humid areas, you're chafing. And the commando shorts are guaranteed to be chafe-free. So go to T8.run, www.T8.run, and put in the code 50-runtheriot, and you get a discount. So check that out. Also, this episode is brought to you by the Outlaw Race Series. You need to check it out. The flagship race is the Outlaw 100. That one is in February. Uh, Very technical, very tough course here in Oklahoma. But they're also uh, the home of the Flat Rock Triple Crown in southern Kansas. And it's not flat. It's not flat. There may be a flat rock on it, but from what I can tell, it's not flat. They're also home to the Lake McMurtry Run, the Flower Moon Ultra, and the Dark and Dirty. Great races put on by great people. Check it out. Go to www.outlaw100.com. Well, today's episode is a good one, man. Um, A friend of mine, Cliff Pittman, we get to talking and, um, you know, him and I, it's kind of interesting with the internet nowadays. You meet people uh, over the internet and when you meet them in person, you feel like you know them. And uh, Cliff's one of those guys. And we get to talking about, man, just good tips on training, on on running, and even bigger, man, on life. Cliff dropped some philosophical bombs on us during this thing, man. So it's good, man. Uh, I hope you get a lot out of it. Uh, Cliff's a good guy. Look in the show notes when it's over. Uh, there'll be links to his coaching stuff, uh, links to his uh, his uh, pages on social media. Um, but man, I think you'll get a lot out of this. So tune in. Don't zone out. Make sure you're listening right now. And uh, yeah, check it out. Coach Cliff Pittman. Uh, today on the Run the Riot podcast, we have a friend of mine all the way from Arkansas, uh, a coach runner, Cliff Pittman. Cliff, welcome to the program, man. Hey, thanks, David. I am honored to be here. And just by some of the, the, the all-stars you've had on this podcast, I'll just go ahead and say it. I'm a little bit intimidated. <laughs> ah, yeah, nothing to be intimidated about, man. Um, well, you and, I, you and I have connected online, and we, we got to meet in person at um, – where, where, where did we meet in person? That was uh, – the Little Rock Marathon. 
<laughs> Little Rock so, Marathon. Yeah. yeah. And I'm looking right now at a big old size of a hubcap medal from that marathon. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. And, and David, I'll be honest with you, man. When I, when I met you, like I, you know, I've seen pictures of you with like Thor's, you know, hammer <laughs> and, and Captain America's shield. And I was anticipating this six foot five build of like this 250 pound <laughs> ultra marathon runner and <laughs> yeah and then you saw me oh hey you're you're a big dude but you're you're not too much bigger than me <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah there's a five foot ten and a half hundred and seventy something <laughs> yeah <laughs> no that's well, it makes you a little bit more mortal i guess <laughs> yeah there you go there you go and it's fu- it's funny because like a lot of the people that i've met you know that i know from online because you, know, you know you get a pretty good relationship online talking to people and, and you and i have had some pretty good conversations before we met in person about yeah. stuff you know you know mm-hmm. running life and and uh but you have a picture on, on on what they are you know and i just met at, at silver heels uh met uh Stevens in person i was like i thought you'd be bigger you know he's like, <laughs> he's like well, I get it all the time. I'm only five foot six. And oh, yeah, you know, with, yeah, like when I was in the military and then I guess just with I don't know, people say, well, I just figured you'd be, you know, at least six foot or something. <laughs> like, no, I'm I'm small. Yeah, yeah, just just a just a just a little dude, man. I mean, <laughs> <There it is. laughs> yeah. carry less so, weight around. That's it. That's it. Hey, there are times, uh, especially like right now, I'm training for for Moab and I would like to, you know, I'm walking around right now about 175, but like my, my, where I feel like I'm still strong, but fast is about 166. But man, as, as I get older, man, that little extra, like, and I'm working out, I'm doing stuff, you know, but that little extra around the waist just kind of hangs out, man. That's terrible. (laughs) It's hard to get rid of it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Metabolism slows a little bit. Yeah, I hate it, hate it. But well, well, man. So you've been running. Um, if I remember correctly, you've been running since since high school. You did you did track and tell tell me about that. You grew up in Arkansas, mm-hmm. right? No, I actually grew up right there in Tulsa. Oh, that's right. The, yeah, yeah. Hey, hello, so, uh, for it. so I grew up in Tulsa, and uh, I got plugged in with track and cross country really early in life. So fifth grade, I was introduced to Jinx America there in your community yeah and so that was just an amazing thing for me in my life and i fell in love with the the competition aspect of it and just uh found something i was naturally good at and at a very early stage of my life like seventh eighth grade i was competing in um you know usatf national championships and end up winning a gold medal and i don't know if that was because i was really fast or if it's because people just weren't competing that early (laughs) (laughs) all the fast runners weren't running until later in life (laughs) but nevertheless i had some just amazing experiences and got to travel real early do some cool things and see some cool places and just fall in love with it and so that carried over into high school um you know other people started getting faster the playing field leveled out a little bit and but still you know i moved to fayetteville arkansas uh 2001 and so that was my junior year of high school okay and uh finished out high school here and so I see you smiling. I'm gonna make a comment about age, right? No, yeah, it's all it's all good. <laughs> so yeah. saw it coming. Um, no, but that was right when right when 9/11 happened. And so I moved to Fable just right before 9/11. And so I was sitting in my, uh, a health class my junior year in high school, and watching the towers fall. And I remember at that point I said, okay, 
I had you know, these dreams and aspirations of running collegiately, but that's going to be on hold. I'm, I'm joining the military. Wow. And so I enlisted in the Army National Guard at 17. Uh, and the plan was after you know high school um, to transition into the active Army. And uh, so I got to go to basic training in between my junior and senior year of high school, which is pretty cool. Really? So it's called the split option. Enlistment That's program. crazy. Yeah. And so then I came back. So I got a really early start in my military career. Came back, finished out high school. And in my senior year of track, I uh, went to Clearwater, Florida for spring break and ended up tearing my hamstring by running on the sand. Oh, <laughs> man. Trying to keep up with the workouts. And yeah. so a real promising track career came to an abrupt end oh. and said, well, I've got the military anyways. <laughs> yeah. And so I just went all into that and ended up spending 10 years in the military. I had a really good career, but I uh, got away from running, especially in 2005 when I, uh, when I shipped out to Iraq. Yeah. So I did deployment in Iraq in 05 and 06. And running just wasn't really feasible with the living conditions that we were in in our yeah. mission. I was staying in good shape, but it was different. Yeah. Um, so I got away from running, and I didn't get back into it. In fact, when I came back from deployment, I was dealing with all kinds of problems, um, mm. from PTSD to uh, drug addiction. I was on painkillers because I shattered my hand while I was overseas oh, wow. and um, almost lost a finger. And so they had to sew it back on and put me on painkillers in order to deal with the pain so I could get back out there and do my job and um, end up getting addicted to them and was wow. on them for six years. Wow. And so I hard to believe this, but I, I said I'm a small dude. I'm 138, 140 pounds right now. Yeah. I get up to 190. <laughs> Come on, dude. In my life. Yeah. And I was just lift. I was lifting. I mean, I was, I was saying I was strong. I was lifting heavy, but you know, I, I, I had a lot of weight that wasn't functional. Is the yeah, yeah, widest way to put that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, gotcha. it wasn't functional. It, it didn't need to be there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so I, need, I had to eradicate that. But um, yeah, so I, I got huge. I was 190 pounds here at five foot six. Wow. Just in a real bad mental place. Yeah. Um, I was in a real bad marriage. And I uh, ended up sabotaging that and um, actually ended up getting out of the military, too, at the 10-year mark. And um, I quit. I quit the painkillers, cut them off cold turkey, yeah. um, ended up in the ER from withdrawals. Wow. And so so it was pretty severe, pretty physiological pretty severe. addiction. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Not just psychological, yeah. Hasn't, haven't touched one since. Wow. And so – and then uh, met my – now wife, Patricia, I met her um, at a CrossFit gym, actually. I was doing oh. – I picked up CrossFit in 2012, so before I got out of the military, um, and then met her at a CrossFit gym in 2015 and uh, was interested in her. And <laughs> we, were in a, we were in a workout the first time I met her, and it was like you know heavy weights that goes into like an 800-meter run, like squats into an 800-meter run. And so I went by her on the 800-meter run, and she's this, you know, three-time Ironman, USA triathlon coach. And she was like, CrossFitters can't run. <laughs> Who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, what's he doing? <laughs> Who so do you think he was, is? So I was interested because I thought she was beautiful. She was interested because she's like, hey, he'd make a great triathlete. <laughs> <laughs> he can run with tired legs. <laughs> and so we got to talking. She ended up coaching me in the water because – I couldn't swim. I mean, I yeah. could, but not competitively enough to complete a an Ironman. Yeah. And so she ended up coaching me, and then 
<clears throat> we ended up dating, and I fell back in love with uh, endurance training and, and, yeah. and racing. And uh, it was triathlon, triathlon that was the vehicle to get me back into that. Huh. And, you know, I had to overcome so many, like, bad habits in my life. Um, you know, I just wreaked havoc on my body. And, uh, you know, still at that point in time, CrossFit helped me lose a little bit of the weight and get back down. But, you know, I was only working out probably three or four times a week. It was high intensity for 20 minutes. And my yeah. diet was just terrible. And yeah. uh, <laughs> so um, I had – this was right after I met – met Patricia and I had a, a doctor's appointment and they did my blood work for my annual physical at the VA and they're like, Hey, your, your, uh, cholesterol is just like ridiculously high. You have to get on medication. Oh, what, how old were you at the time? Uh, uh 2016. Eight, and so 30, 30? four years ago. Yeah. Years I was 30, 32. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. yeah. To hear that at 32, that's, that's not good. <laughs> exactly. I like, it's not good. And yeah. so, um, and so Patricia, the funny thing is she, when we met, she was a vegan and I was like hardcore carnivore. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and so now we've met in the middle. Okay. <laughs> she yes, eats yeah. meat and I eat, a, I actually eat some vegetables. Nice. <laughs> um, but anyways, I went on this, just, I, I was determined not to get on any medication. Yeah. I want to be on medicine. Um, I just went, uh, I guess it was six weeks where I went vegan and naturally got my cholesterol all the way down to normal ranges. That's cool. Six weeks. <laughs> Six weeks. The doctor was like, what did you do? They're like, what yeah. do you think it was possible? They, you need the medication. I was like, you don't need medication. Yeah. Just you know, had to get back to some, some basic principles. And so um, obviously lost a lot of weight in that process too. And yeah. um, really also helped out my endurance. Anyways, I found some balance. And, and, I, and I eat meat and, you know, I eat, eat balanced and um, yeah. eat in a way that's sustainable and enjoyable for me. Um, but every year my, my cholesterol and, and, and blood tests, all that's all, all normal now. So um, cool. diet and exercise, man, diet and exercise. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> then, yeah. Healthy um, living, healthy living. Yeah. So I did, um, I did an Ironman, a uh, half Ironman, did a half Ironman in 2016. And uh, my first, first one, my only one was in Florida. Okay. And so, my first open water swim was with the gators <laughs> in a nice. Florida lake in a swamp, pretty much. <laughs> nice. And uh, so that was a that was a good experience, and um, completed that. And then we had and then we had trek. Um, so we have a blended family. I've got two older kids from a previous marriage, and then we have two uh, young kids together. And um, so trek is our boy, and uh, we got pregnant with him in 2016. And okay. so I walked away from triathlon just because it was too much to keep up with because I also walked away from my, my corporate job right after he was born to focus entirely on coaching. Yeah. And um, which at the time was really scary and it was a lot of a lot of failing for years before I started gaining traction and got to where I'm at now. But so um, I re entered back into the racing scene just uh, 2019. Oh, wow. So yeah. I honestly, like I, I did a little stint there of like 2015. I did the Dallas marathon at the end of 2015. Um, and then I did that half Ironman in, in April of 2016. Yeah. And then it was just like mostly just strength training after that. Yeah. I've really been removed from competitive endurance training, um, since 2002, 2003. Wow. So I'm, I didn't realize that. Yeah, so I'm really it's exciting because like you know, I'm just scratching the surface. Like I, mm -hmm. I'm nowhere near my potential right now, and that's really exciting for me. 
but um, you know, I do have an extensive coaching background in multiple disciplines um, that I've been able to apply to this aspect. So I'm, I'm, I'm very new in, in adult in an ultra running coaching in that mm-hmm. space. I'm very new to this world. Yeah. Um, but very seasoned in within uh, general coaching and, and also, you know, exercise science. Yeah. So nice. it's been able to kind of merge everything together. So yeah, 2019, the catalyst man, honestly was getting on the ultra red team. I just like, okay, on. I got on the team. So now I, I got to put it. races on the calendar. Yeah. Yeah, that's, <laughs> so that's I was awesome. Like, All right, I'll put a 50K in a marathon. And, you know, this year was supposed to be a big year, but that's okay. Um, yeah, it's yeah. been a great training year, and next year is going to be huge. So, yeah. 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 All the, everything that's been deferred. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> well, well, hey, I want to I want to back up just a little bit when you um when you because because a lot of people, you know, you know, that listen to the podcast, they come from all different kind of backgrounds and people dealing with different things. What was it? What was it that got you? I mean, you just said you, you quit cold turkey, you know, when you were because there, there are so many people out there addicted to prescription drugs, you know, and I didn't realize that was a thing until you start hearing statistics. And, and it's it's a it's a real thing, you know, and similar to you, people get injured, people get hurt and they go home with all these prescriptions and um, then they get addicted. And so what what was it like what, what you got out of the army and what clicked or, or what did it? Yeah, great question. So and, and we can, um, you know, I tell people in my life coaching practice and we can talk a little bit more about that later if you want. Yeah, but, yeah definitely. definitely. Um, in that practice, I always tell people there's 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 two ways to just really create change in your life. One way is a, is a choice. It's an internal change, a decision to be different. And the other way is external circumstances, something mm-hmm. like just a piano of chance that just falls out of the sky and lands on your head and, you, and you're forced <laughs> to make a change. <laughs> the piano landed on my head. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> so I, I made – and that's not the way you want to make change. You, yeah, yeah, that's usually the rough way. The yeah. situation is to say, you know what? I don't want to get hit by that piano. Yeah, yeah. I want to make some changes on my own, on my terms. And so um, that didn't happen. I had to learn the okay. hard way. And I, I just made a series because of because of the addiction, yeah. um, because of the problems that I was facing with uh, the PTSD, mm-hmm. the toxic marriage that I was in, I was making a lot of poor choices in my life. Yeah. And those choices caught up to me. Yeah. And I had to face them. And I had to just accept ownership of that. Yeah. And say I've created a mess of my life. It is my responsibility. I'm the one who made this bed. I got to lay in it for now, and I've got to make some changes if I want to get out on this on the um, on the other side. Okay. Yeah. And I've got yeah. two kids at that point that were looking to me to make some changes. That's huge, man. That's that's and huge. So I said I can't. I, I'm pretty like all in or nothing. I, I can't do this steady drip of, you know, getting away from it. Maybe this might kill me, but I, I got to stop now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You had to come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. 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 Cause honestly, man, like that was a life changing event, but it, it took some more bad decisions in the future to get me, you know, to get me to wake up again, to get to yeah. the point where I'm at now. And, and hopefully I've got to the point with enough, um, you know, growth in the right direction and, and God's grace Yeah. to be in a position to, to make better choices going forward so that I'm not having to clean up a bunch of messes. Yeah, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, that, that was definitely a life-changing event, and I had to have another life come to Jesus moment too um, to, get back, to get on the right path later in life. 
Well, it, and, and it's one of those things, I guess, for anybody listening now, you know, you're you either have to decide yourself or the decision will get made for you. That's um, right. Because like the decision's the same, you know, you just you just got to do you're better to do it yourself. You know, you know what you need to do. Dig deep and, and do it instead of the piano falling on your head. <laughs> the proverbial. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. better to be in control and do it on your terms. Yeah. Well, it's easier uh, process. Yeah. Well, were you going ahead and, and and making that decision? I mean, that's crazy. That I mean, there are a lot of people who are who are psychologically addicted to different things. Um, sure. But I mean, you were and and sure there was there was that 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 psychological addiction. I'm sure with it, but also mm-hmm. you know your body reacted. You were hardcore. You had to deal with physical issues. I mean, you landed yeah. in the hospital. Um, so that's that's huge, you know. But that you had the willpower to. Even with the piano on your head. <laughs> yeah. You know, and my wife jokes about it all the time, and sometimes it's not a joke, but she says I have the, the gift and the curse of being able to just emotionally detach from things on mm-hmm. command. Yeah. And so, um, you know, that and it goes for, for, for good and, you know, for positive and negative things. And so, yeah. yeah. Sometimes I can just say, all right, I'm turning the switch off and I'm done. Yeah. Sometimes that's a good thing, and sometimes that's. That's not. <laughs> so sometimes you can do that. It helps you to deal logically with the problem, with the issue, right. you know, disconnected with the emotion. But then sometimes you in life, we have to be engaged emotionally, especially with our spouses and family and stuff, man. Exactly. That's, yeah. it, it can be a stumbling block for leadership. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I need to I need to tell you this, too, because uh, my dad, my dad was a Marine. And I just want to thank you for your service, because, you know, I always appreciate it. I have a high level of of a. Uh, just respect for for people that that have gone in. Uh, it was not in my cards to go in. Uh, it was an option at one point, but it just wasn't there. But man, I, I just have a you know high level respect. You know that you did that and voluntarily went in and and said you know this is this is what I need to do. And so my that's pleasure. that's awesome. And and I know that the things you you know the PTSD, you know things that you had to deal with. And there's so many guys that go out and and they're still dealing with things you know that they mm-hmm. had to do for for you know protecting our country so right. uh, um thank you yeah and so it's it, it's awesome to see that you know you've been through all that and and now you're 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 helping other people man that's that's awesome you know um that you're you're helping them physically and and coaching people and then you're also doing some some life coaching and uh amazing I mean, so how did you how did you get into the the just coaching others? Like, how did that? Mm-hmm. How'd you fall? How'd you end up doing that? Yeah. So when I was in the military, um, I was I was training a bunch of people. I was leading group training sessions for, okay. for my unit, and then yeah. I was training people on the side as a personal trainer. Um, and so that was just a, a kind of a side hobby that I did. Both. I mean, it was a it was a job in the military, but it was also became a side practice. Um, with the one-on-one coaching, uh, personal clients. And so I tapped into that when I got back in, when I got back into running and I went and got a run coaching certification, I guess it was five, six years, five years ago when I got, when I got back into running and, um, it was kind of a useless certification, but it gave me a little bit of confidence to to go help people. And I, the, what I learned in that certification now I'm like completely against and (laughs) (laughs) it was a good vehicle to, to entry. Um, yeah. to get into the profession and um, and start gaining some clientele and, and working with people. And um, just real quickly, I, I, I just fell in love with it. Just mm. people um, 
that were overcoming a lot of their self-limiting beliefs. And, and, and it was not so much like I wasn't, wasn't working with any just elite athletes. It was just, you know, people like me who were overcoming, whether it be demons or things they didn't think they could do before yeah. or um, using it as a, as a tool for growth so they can be more disciplined, um, better individuals for their families and for their careers. Mm. And that just really, really connected with me and I had a, a developed a passion for it. But it was always just kind of a side hobby. I didn't have a strategic growth plan. I didn't have a marketing plan. It was just fun. I was making good money in the corporate world yeah. uh, after the military. And so – I thought, well, you can't make any any money doing that. You know, it was just something I did for fun. <laughs> yeah. And then um, in 2016, when I um, when I left, I was working for a Fortune 500 company here in, in uh, the Fayetteville area, Northwest Arkansas. Um, and I met my wife, you know, that a little bit before that, and I was watching her as a coach, and she built herself this great online coaching platform, was making really good money, traveling the world, and did everything on her own terms. And I was like, hey. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing this thing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, all right, teach me your ways. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, there's this whole online platform, you know. Um, and so <clears throat> she she taught me a lot of the marketing side of things. And um, I, 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 I applied that, and I just jumped in because I was very blessed. When, when we got married, she already had a strong income and established business. Yeah. So I jumped in with able to walk away from a um, a very strong corporate salary and benefits yeah. Yeah. and just, you know, be able for her to provide for the family until I was able to, to get up to speed. Yeah. That created a That's lot huge. of problems. I did. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, this is a great situation. You know, sugar mama. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> you know, she might um, listen to this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She will listen to this and she'll, she'll laugh. Um, she's, she's a very strong, independent woman and, and, uh, man, she works hard and she, she provided and kept our, our, and she still provides a significant amount. (laughs) So it's not like, you know, um, um, yeah, like it's, it's, I I joke about that, but man, she, she's amazing. Um, and so, you know, the plan was me to get up to speed and I had a, I had a business model and it failed, uh, Mm. miserably. Um, it caused a lot of problems with us that we had to work through and overcome. And then it was um, a few years later that I plugged into the John Maxwell team. Mm, yeah. I know that you and I had you know conversations about that and um, in the past. And, man, what I learned through John Maxwell and his mentorship, it changed everything. Because I, I, I learned the marketing piece, and I knew I had a passion for coaching and a passion for running. But um, I didn't really know how to just like draw people's potential out of them at that point. Yeah. Because there's a big difference between a coach, a mentor, and a teacher. Those are three different entirely roles. And what I was doing was just I was a mentor at that time with very minimal experience. (laughs) And that's all a mentor is. A mentor is someone who leans upon their experience and their expertise to help guide somebody down the similar path that they went through. That's why when we look for a mentor, we're like, we look for someone who did what we wanted to do. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of the role that I was operating in. But a coach uses more of a questions-based approach to really tap into people's psyche and their attention or their, their potential and help them believe beyond their current belief. Help mm. them see things that they can't currently see. Gain a new level of clarity. And then employ some strategies 
to help them grow into a better version of themselves. Yeah. Now, I don't have the cool thing about that is, is that I'm helping people run 100 mile races right now. And I'm helping people other in other aspects in other worlds, you know, in business realms that I've never operated in. Yeah. I've never run 100 miles before. Yeah. And I've never done a lot of these things in business that the people have done before because I'm not a mentor to them. I'm a coach. I'm holding up a mirror. Huh. And I'm saying, okay, let's take a real honest, hard look at yourself and see what reality is. Where are you? And then let's let's draw out a blueprint. Let's reverse engineer this thing. Let's figure out how to get there. Now, yeah, I've got the physiology background in terms of certifications that I've gained since you know I've been into this coaching role on the running side of things. And so I've, I've, I've gained the certifications and the knowledge, and I understand the physiology and how to develop people, you know, for for you know whatever distance. Yeah. So I, I got the science piece down, but it was really about how to develop people from a leadership coaching perspective that I didn't have. Huh. And that's what John Maxwell taught me is how to draw that out of people and how to sit down and have a conversation with somebody just like you and I are having right now and ask the right questions to get them thinking on a different level and believing on a different level. And we're in this world right now of ultra running that's 80% plus mental. Yes, yes. And if you're not spending 80% of your time training your mind, then you're yeah. missing out on the biggest <laughs> biggest factor outside yeah. of maybe nutrition and hydration you yeah, know, of yeah. being successful. Yeah. Well, that's and, and I definitely wanted to bring that up and talk about that because because I think it's awesome and and not in a negative way that that you're able to you know I know some of the athletes good guys that that you've you've coached to run a hundred miles and and you hadn't I, mean, I think you plan on doing it at you know at some point might might be a little longer next year <laughs> okay all right okay there you go and Better and um, there you go all right it's it let it let it be written. <laughs> so um but but I, but I think that's awesome. You know um that's that you were able to do that and and help and and you're right the mind if boy if I could just if you know get people to that's part of why I do this podcast. You know people could see the potential we all have in us. You know that's yeah. huge. And so uh so that's awesome that you found a platform and found a you know method a way to 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 do that. That's yeah. and so you do that through running and you also like you said you have you do life coaching. Yeah. Right? So I have some clients that are that, that don't run at all. And, okay. You know they're focused and, and primarily I would say that the, the, I guess the niche would be uh, people who just want to build some frameworks in their life to have um, you know better mindsets to build habits that yeah. will contribute to whatever it is they're trying to accomplish. I've gone in and helped some business owners like formulate business strategies to help them increase revenue. Um, that's not my expertise though. Yeah. Um, you know that's that's a little bit outside of where I normally operate. I would say primarily I'm working with people who say, I just need to think better. I need to feel better. I'm my biggest problem. And I need to get out of my way. Help me get out of my way. Oh <laughs> wow! They've already achieved a lot of success. Most of the you know those clients are already strong six-figure business owners or corporate executives. Yeah. That are already at a certain level of success and realize they need to take it to the next level. That's awesome. Uh, and, and I guess it says something for, for, for their character to be self-aware enough to know that they need help. Yeah. I mean, to know That's that they're, yeah. yeah, like, like I'm doing well, but I can do better. 
and I, right. I need I need I need I need help. That's 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 pretty big. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. That's yeah. Huge. So um so John and and I've looked into the I've read I've read John Maxwell uh quite a few of his books and and mm-hmm. stuff and um it's a it looks like a great program um to to go through and uh, I I've consider still considering possibly you know using that to just tools in my, my arsenal you know i've started I, I actually have a couple runners i'm helping coach right now a few awesome. runners yeah yeah and thanks you know i i reached out to you and we've talked and um and i appreciate the just the advice that that you've given there but a lot of it is even just with runners just coaching somebody for a race you you get involved in their life you know mm-hmm. you're talking about their their lives and priorities and and you're doing more than just just the the coaching the running you know, that's absolutely correct. It's, yeah. and it's so much relationship driven. I feel that if you're, if you're going to be a good coach in this space, you have to be emotionally invested. Yeah. And I think we see in other, um, you know, especially within like traditional road running coaches and, and really in triathlon coaching, you're going to have a lot of great coaches that get emotionally invested, but the pattern that I've seen and a lot of the ones that I've studied is very much so science driven. Yeah. And and yes, we want to apply science to and, and sound exercise science to our training, but um, you know my what I try to bring to the relationship is is that emotional um, connection. And and you know you know Aaron just completed this uh, you know hundred miler yesterday yeah. two days ago. <laughs> And, and dude, I'm out on a I'm out on a run and I'm crying. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. You know, accomplish something so big, and it's like I'm so invested in that that you know I, I don't I don't sleep when my athletes are racing because I'm I'm checking and and, yeah. and tracking and <laughs> you know <laughs> so and, and I think that if we want to be successful at anything, we just have to be that emotionally invested, and that's one of the primary that's probably the primary principle that I teach. Yeah. Ultra runners is emotional engagement is mm-hmm. you have to be emotionally connected with why you're, why you run. Yeah. Why you're running this specific race. You have to be engaged with this actual race. Like know the aid station captain's names, mm-hmm. know the volunteers, understand who's going to be there running and know the history of the race. Be connected with all the little rocks and nooks and crannies and you know the the things that make this race you know special like why does it mean something to you yeah um you know all those things that 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 level of emotional engagement is like so significant to somebody um overcoming physiological limits and doing more than what their body will allow them to do yeah yeah, that's awesome. That that's good, man. That's good. I what do you what do you uh, teach them? And you probably heard me talk about this before about like gratitude. Uh, yeah, that's big. Yeah. yeah, that's big. <laughs> and so you know, it's, um, I think I think gratitude is probably, man, it's one of the most important things we can do in in, in life in general. Um, you know, the funny thing you said that too, because if you just read Aaron's post, uh, I think he posted it today. And yeah. he said, um, you know, one of the questions that I ask everybody is, who are you going to be in this race? Like, you need hmm. to determine your identity. Huh. Who are you? What guy? And, are you gonna, yeah, which guy? Yeah. <laughs> like, define yourself, yeah. you know, and stand that ground because that's who you're going to be throughout the next 100 miles. Hmm. And you got to live it. 
Yeah. And um, his answer was he was going to be grateful. And he ah. was just going to express gratitude in every aspect of the race. I love it. I love and it. And he said gratitude, deciding to be great, uh, grateful is what got him through the hardest parts of that, that race when he went to some deep places. Yeah. And so that's, that's, that's all it is. Is like, man, that's what coaching is. Is I, I just asked him a simple question or asked him to do something simple. He did all the hard work. He, yeah. he, he uncovered what meant something to him. I can't tell him what that is. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? And so he uncovered that. That's his potential. Yeah. And he found it. <laughs> he found it, and he leveraged it, and he executed it, and he conquered it. That's awesome. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, he he actually uh, he he tagged the podcast in his uh in 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 his post or whatever, and I'm like, oh man, so you know, you got to bring him on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got man, his proje- his projection his progress was fast, man. He got into it quick. Like he just started running. He was like, I'm gonna do a hundred. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> oh, that's that's cool. And 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 it's important. And I've heard I've heard some of your runners say, you know, before about their why, and mm-hmm. and that's. Uh, I like, but I like, I haven't really thought about that. Who are you going to be in this race? That's, that's kind of new to me, man. I like that. Are you going to be, you know, you, cause you don't want to be the, the quitter. You don't right. want to, you don't want to be the guy that, 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 you know, when things get painful that you just complain and, and, you know, but yeah, be that guy with gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. It's all about setting intentions. Like, and we can make that application, you know, for everyone that's listening right now, you don't have to just apply that to the biggest mm. race of your life. That, you know, apply that to the next conversation that you're going to have with your spouse. Mm. Because every day we go through transition periods. We drive to work. That's a transition period. Who am I going to be at work today? Who am I going to decide to be? And when everything goes bad at work today and I now remember all of a sudden, okay, I decided I'm going to be this person. So I better act in congruence with that decision. Yeah. And it's also, yeah, go, go, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to expand on that and say just every transition period, decide who you're going to be in that next interaction and and be congruent with who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess the, the, the opposite of that, you know, we don't want to be the guy that makes an excuse, makes excuses, whether at work, you know, we can, you can own it. Uh, you said mm-hmm. something about ownership earlier, like what you did. And I thought about Jocko Willink about extreme ownership. Yeah. That guy, that guy's guy something, man. But <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and you've got to, you got to own it, you know, and or you don't want to be the one that makes, makes excuses and, you know, or, or whatever, whatever it is you're dealing with, but that's, that's good. That's good stuff, man. Yeah. Can't, can't grow until you, until you own your problems. That's the very first thing. And yeah. you just, you hit the nail on the head earlier when you talked about people saying, Hey, just come into this place of humility of like, Oh, I, I, I have room for growth. Yeah. And that's just a sense of ownership. Yeah. Like I have room to get better even if I'm already really good. <laughs> yeah. 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 Always want. And that, that's kind of something that I've always, uh, even, you know, the, our kids and stuff, I try to tell them you should always want to be better. You know, you're good, but just always striving to be the, the best you you can be. And, and, you know, and, and I know, you know, I know you're a Christian too. And I think that's, that's biblical, you know, to be the best David I can be and, and, and before God and before man and represent him well. And ah, it's good, you know, it's a good thing to yeah. be. <laughs> yeah. I believe, I believe we all have, you know, uh, purposes and seasons in life where we have to accomplish, you know, 
yeah. what that plan and that purpose is for us. And, um, you know, that's, that's essentially our gift back to God is yeah. whenever we grow into that purpose. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I said this, um, I, I don't know where I, I came up with it. I don't even know what I was reading at the time, but I came up with this thing. I said one of the, the the most fulfilling things in life is knowing who you are in Christ and then being that person, you know, like seeing that's yourself right. as, as in the potential and everything that he's put in you and then living that out, man, that's that's Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, that's that's good life. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So um, you and I have something else in common that that I, I've just discovered. Well, well, we have something else in common um, mindset wise. We're going to have to see how it plays out. OK, so um, when I got injured <laughs> really badly, <laughs> I had a certain mindset. And so I saw I saw, um, you know, t- t- tell everybody what happened if they didn't see it yet on social media. You, you're training and everything's going great. And what happened? <laughs> Yeah, so I've had some really good training blocks um, lately, and fitness has really been progressing and uh, right where I want to be and uh, definitely in the best shape of my life right now. And um, I, and let me just say this. This is probably a very minor setback. It's yeah. probably nothing that major. Um, I don't know yet, but it's probably I just I just had a severe sprain. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was running, um, going out for a three-hour run yesterday. I actually started on the trails, and there were just way too many spider webs on the trail. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. like, they weren't just, like, if you look at my social media, they, they weren't just little bitty, you know, spot. Like, I run through spider webs every morning. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. But these were, like, um, like uh, major, 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 like, half my hand size spiders. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. Like, yeah, I'm just going to go run on the gravel. So yeah. <laughs> I think there's just like some gravel roads, like a mile down the road. So I went and ran on those. It's like five miles into my run, and I just turned my headlamp off because the sun was coming out and just bad foot placement landed on a big rock. And it just went, I mean, ankle touching the ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and loud crack. And I was Snap, like, crackle, pop. Rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, I knew instantly that it was a little bit worse than – it was quite a bit worse than I've ever done. Yeah, and yeah. And I was like, oh, that's not good. But I was five miles out, and the plan was to do like a, a ten out and a ten back. Uh, and so I was okay. Well, I gotta I gotta walk run back five miles. And so the first mile wasn't bad. I was like power hiking, but then the swelling just got ridiculous, and it was it ended up being almost a two and a half hour walk back. Wow. And I was walking like thirty minutes a mile. <laughs> so, was, yeah. so the injury probably isn't that bad. I yeah. probably just made it really angry yeah. by staying on it for a couple hours. Yeah. Um, it's probably nothing big. Anyways, I'm it looks pretty gnarly though. As somebody who's sick. done it, it looks, it looks pretty <laughs> yeah. gnarly. Yeah. Well, you have looks- to send me a picture of it. I'll post it on the on the show notes okay. so everybody can see that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looks pretty sick. But um, yeah. So um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I've been in touch with my PT. I I work with. I, I coach my my PT, and, okay. and he's uh. He's an amazing dude, and um, so he's he's the best at what he does. And um, yeah. so he's, anyways, he's uh, he's been walking me through, you know, fast recovery on that. Good active active recovery. Active recovery. Yeah. I believe in active recovery. Yeah. That's yep, good. you bet. And so I'm I'm already, you know, I wasn't able to walk on it yesterday, but oh. um, I've been able to walk today. Okay. So I've been up walking around, putting some weight on it. Um, got the compression boots out, put it on its lowest setting, 
been yeah. doing my ankle ABCs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. <laughs> so yeah, I am moving. <laughs> so so that that was what I was gonna say. I saw your post and and it was real. Like you turned your ankle, you were like, yeah, it sucks, whatever. But you were real positive about you know gonna do whatever. And in South Louisiana, when I had my ACL uh, reconstruction or whatever, like right at, as soon as I could, man, I was on crutches at at the gym. You know, just doing. Okay, I can't run, but I can do this. You know, my core is gonna yeah. be so strong. You know. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's a good mindset, man. Like, and really what that comes down to is you have people who either are outcome driven or they're process driven. Mm. And if, if COVID is just wreaking havoc on your life right now, and like you're in a bad, bad place right now, then this is a good opportunity to just, to start thinking about, am I process driven or am I outcome driven? Mm. Because if, if all of your emotional energy and even dare I say identity goes into a race outcome mm. on what you accomplish, you know, out there on the quote battlefield. Yeah. Then that means we're heavily outcome driven. Huh. But if we're process driven, it's all about the work we put into the outcome. It's about who we become. Like, you know, mm. we set goals not to achieve them. We set goals so that we can stretch ourselves and become the person capable of achieving them. And that's Ooh, our greatest I like that. reward. I like that's that, man. That's reward from a goal, man. Like it's the greatest reward is not qualifying for Boston Marathon or hitting that three-hour sub-marathon or you know running a hundred miles. That's not what the most rewarding thing is. The yeah. most rewarding thing is is the trials, the process, what we had to overcome to get to become the person capable of doing it. Because whenever we put our stock in that process. We're yeah. able to then apply that like, OK, you've run 200 miles. You yeah. had to overcome a grueling process to do that and yes. be the person capable of doing that. Well, now you get to apply that process to anything you want to do in mm-hmm. life. Yeah. But you know what you can't apply to anything you want to do in life? Being a 200 mile finisher yeah. without giving the process the respect that it deserves. Mm. And so whenever we focus on process, COVID is just an opportunity. Mm, yeah. Not racing yeah. for an entire year. I'm getting faster. I'm getting stronger because I'm not racing. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm able to be smarter about my training. <laughs> yeah. For for just a second, when you said I'm getting fat, I thought you were going to say fat, but I was like, no, you know, I see you do. No. A lot of people are getting fat instead of getting faster. Yeah. So yeah, what you going to do? That's yeah. Right. <laughs> no, but that's awesome. So so when the opportunity does come, you know. Yeah. You're yeah, that's and that's it. You know, when I can't do what I want to do, I'm going to do what I can to, right. to, to build what I can, you know, put more bricks, more bricks, man. Build it, you know. Right. Yeah, that's good. So I'm excited to get on the bike and, uh, yeah. you know, we got a stationary bike in the in the garage that we just happened to buy, um, yeah. you know, timely. And uh, it's got a power meter on it. So I'm going to go play with that and, you know, whatever that uh Zwift. Yeah. I'm going to go get familiar with that and (laughs) I'm going to do some strength work and it's going to be great. That's going to be a new process. It'll be different. I'm going to reset my goals for August and uh, I'll redefine what successful means by the end of the month. Yeah. And um, uh, just another brick, like you said, and I'll be stronger for it. That's, that's cool, man. And that's the, you know, and, and we can, and, and, you know, it stinks and, you know, you don't, nobody likes getting hurt, especially when you're, when you're in the best shape of your life, but you can't change it. 
you know, right. you, it's done, you know, like, and you can beat yourself up or whatever, but instead of beating yourself up, you just build yourself up, you know? That's, That's right. Yeah. Why, why, may, why waste energy on something you can't, you can't change? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so I'm going to run or this by, yeah, self-sabotage. I'm going to run this by you. So I was thinking about, you know, when we run these, these ultras and, and, you know, um, you probably, I don't know if you've read any Goggins, I'm sure you, you know who David Goggins is and, and some of his stuff and, and, uh, dudes running on broken feet and stuff. I don't know about, you know, but so I was trying to I was thinking through. So, OK, wait, let me let me let me drag it here. So so when you're running in a race and something happens and you hurt yourself. All right. So um, wait, this isn't even. Yeah, there it is. So you're running in the race. But is there pain? All right. So in a, in a, if you if you're running hard, there's always going to be pain. So the, the answer is usually, usually yes. All right. OK. So second question. Is it an injury? Well, um, you know, and that means I define an injury as acute injury, like something's wrong, something's torn, something's messed up. And then here's the the next question that I always ask myself because I've turned my ankle during a hundred mile race, and it was pretty, it was pretty gnarly, uh, and it looked real nasty afterwards. But I asked myself the next question: if I if I continue on, it, it didn't wasn't as bad as yours, but if I continue on, will I permanently damage me if I keep on? Yep. And and that's I think. Some people might not ask that last question and they just yeah. grit their teeth and keep moving because mm-hmm. um, I don't know about you. I, I mean, I want to do this for a long time. That's right. And I want to be healthy for a long time. And so if it's going to injure me and make it worse, I need to stop. Well, yeah, I need to stop unless it stops me itself like your ankle. Which, yeah, like you, you didn't have a choice. You know? <laughs> didn't have a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Crawl time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but the permanent damage part—that's where we need to, you know, the smart thing to do: is swallow your pride. And that's, I guess, that I've never really heard the whole process-driven, goal-driven. I never heard it put out like that. I like that though, because if my my process—if I just want to be a better person—then this mm-hmm. little intermediate goal is not that important to finish this race or or whatever. That's yeah. correct. I need to buy yeah, out. That's a great. That's a great example. Um, one that I can apply specifically here in a second because I had to go through that recently with a recent challenge that I did, but, uh, and it was a good decision that I made, but, uh, I wanted to touch point on, that's such a great point that you made and we see it with like, um, experienced athletes and I'll, I'll mention Killian Dornette. Yeah. Because I don't know if you've watched the documentary on his, uh, summit to, to Everest and down where he set the world record, but there was a process, a big process that went into that. Yeah. Where he had several uh, failed attempts where he got up, you know, 8,000 meters and said, you know what, I can see the summit from here, but I promised my wife I'd make the safest decision possible, and today isn't the day. And he wow. went down. Wow. And he said his younger version of himself never would have done that. He would have risked it and potentially would have died. Yeah. And yeah. he talked about risk mitigation, and, you know, that's just a simple risk reward. Like, is the reward so great that we're worth risking? Yeah. And, you know, if the answer is yes, then we may risk, you know, for future damage yeah. to, to finish. And if it's not, like my personal example was I did the, the Chuck Norris challenge. Did you see that going on in social media not too long ago? I don't I don't think I saw that, man. What's the Chuck Norris so, challenge? Man, it was rough. And so really <laughs> so it was a, it was like a, it was set up like a stage race. Okay. And um, so I don't know if you know Michael Hall, but he's um, mm-hmm. one of the guys here locally. He's he's uh, one of the uh, co-founders of the Ozark Trail Running Club, and um, he's a race director. And 
um, he, he put on this virtual challenge and I think it was, what month is this? August this is a few months ago. And so you increase by, I believe, five kilometers every day. So it's 5K, 10K, 15K, 20K, 25K, on up to, I think, 30K. So it's 20, is that 21.5 miles? Does that sound right? Uh, 30K probably sounds about right, closer, yeah. Yeah, so you go all the way up for seven days to 30K. And then on, and then so that's seven day the baby chuck. The baby <laughs> and chuck. I was doing, and then I was doing the full fourteen days. So that next day on the eighth day you do the thirty k again and you go back down. Okay. Now I was like, okay, this is nothing. You're like you know, hey, you just go out there and just you know you jog yeah. it and <laughs> you know you finish yeah. or whatever. And um, you know, I was trying to strategize based on like average pace for cumulative mileage, but no, it was a stage race. And so your ranking is based on how you finish for the day. And so that forces everybody to either decide, oh, I'm on a race today or am I going to take an off day? Well, and wow. so like your 5K, 10K, you're, you're maxing out almost, you know, with like, okay, I still have a, <laughs> that middle section, that middle, that middle seven days, I think is a hundred and, is it, it, I think it computes to like 160, 130 miles. Oh wow! Yeah, you wouldn't yeah, think it's like 130, yeah, yeah, 130 yeah. mile week, and you wouldn't think that there's this <laughs> hidden 130 mile week in the middle of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I I've never run over like 70 something miles a week. So yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I just jumped into it, and I was feeling strong. I was feeling good, and I did the back to back 30k, and I think I was like in the top five. Yeah. And there were some really competitive runners in this, some really good ones. Like there's guys all over the U.S. Yeah. And um, mostly local, but there were some some guys out in California and other areas, too. And then um, that that day going back down that ninth day, I just had something weird going on with my knee. And it was like just a sharp pain that I've never felt before. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I got to that point where I was like, okay, what's the risk and what's the reward? This is a fun virtual challenge that I'm just (laughs) doing for the sake of it. I don't have anything to prove. Yeah, and yeah. Um, man, like it was so hard to bow out of that because, like, physiologically, outside of you know the the mechanical issue that I had, I was feeling great. But I decided to pull the plug and it's like, hey, I've got bigger races ahead that I've yeah. got plans for, and it's not worth it. And yeah, you know, I, I I tell that to all my athletes too. Like, don't don't risk your season or your your running career over you know, a a three hour, four hour training run. Yeah. It's just not worth it. We can make up, you know, somewhere later on down the road, that fitness. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Go ahead and rest. Can't make up six months. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. If you crush something or yeah, whatever. No, that's good. That's good. Um, and so, yeah, and, and that goes in training, races, all that stuff. You know, we just we have to think big picture. And, and you know, you just got to be careful because that mentality of, of oh, I'm a wuss or what people are going to think. And, yeah, it's disappointing. But um, but I also think, you know, we need to make sure that we're not because that mental toughness, because mm-hmm. I've, I've DNF'd 100 miler before where I know without a doubt physically I could have kept going and not not injured myself. But mentally I was I was done mentally you know and so um yep. yeah and then immediately i was disappointed you know it's like ah oh, man yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. another day and understand it doesn't define who you are yeah yeah exactly and it's like okay redemption you know um That's and right. i have to you know, torn a calf muscle before during a, a race and dnf'd it but then then yeah and and that was one of those where 
I had to stop, but, but uh, went back and redeemed myself on the same race, you know, years awesome. year later. So, yeah, uh, awesome. yeah, yeah. So I wanted to talk to you too. I notice uh, a lot in in about in your training, and uh, you do a lot of cross training, right? Yep. Yeah. Now, yep, do you, I do. do you um and do you uh for your runners you you prescribe that or and tell me a little bit about what kind of cross training that that you you do i mean what kind of what kind of stuff you do yeah absolutely and so you know everything that i do in my training or my coaching is based on the training principle of specificity mm-hmm. and so i do believe first and foremost that if you want to be a better runner you have to prioritize running yeah yeah and so uh running makes you a better runner um, now there's a lot of things that we can do to supplement that mm-hmm. in order to, um, overcome some potential weaknesses, especially things like muscular imbalances, um, improving running economy, um, you know, uh, reducing the chances of injury because we're in a very high impact sport of yeah. running. Um, so there's a lot of things that we can do to train smart through cross training to supplement and to make our running more efficient and economical. Gotcha. So that's where I come from a philosophical standpoint of if we're going to do cross training, it has to support the running. It has to enhance the running and not replace the running. Yeah. Gotcha. So now that changes in the case of injury. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's a different, you know, a different approach at that point. Um, so, so the way that I the way that I approach it is um, we hit our running objectives and we do what is required specifically to meet the demands of the race. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether that's focusing on a you know concentrating on a specific energy system such as you know VO2 max or lactate threshold, or if we're in like a race specific phase where we're maybe eight to twelve weeks out from a race and we're training at the intensity of race day and mm-hmm. training on the terrain and you know everything all the particulars that you are facing that given race is what we focus on those last eight to 12 weeks. Um, so how we can um, support that specificity is identifying where some of our imbalances are or weaknesses are. And so for most runners, we're moving in one plane of motion. We're moving forward. Yeah. We're, we're, we don't have a lot of lateral work. Now trail running is a little bit better because we do have to traverse a lot of different type of terrain and yeah. uh, we're a lot more well-rounded than our, our friends, you know, that are road runners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's just the same gate nonstop in the same terrain. Um, but what we, it, it's, it's a very, so when we look at like strength work, for example, we don't want to do what running is already doing for us. So there's very little benefit or very little value in doing high intensity strength training that gets your heart rate up. Yeah. Unless, gotcha. uh, and here's a caveat, <laughs> unless our goal is weight loss. I do have yeah, some okay. runners that say, you know what, my priority right now is to get to an optimal race weight. Well, if that's the case, we're going to prioritize strength training right now and kind of have an off season because strength training is going to accelerate fat loss. Yeah. And it's going to raise metabolism. Yeah, and so that's a different ball game. But for run specific, for training for a specific race, then we're gonna want to do things in strength training that's different than what we're getting from our running, and that is strength and power. Gotcha. Because we're not getting that from our running. So we're gonna leave the the high intensity, which would be your high reps for fast, you know, fast repetitions like a CrossFit style. We're gonna leave that alone. Yeah. We're gonna take long rest 
in between our exercises, and we're going to do things that are very specific mm. to what running requires of us. And so exercises such as uh, single leg unilateral movements, um, you know, single leg deadlifts is one of my favorites. I love yeah. single leg deadlifts. Yeah. And it just, you know, uh, lunges, reverse lunges, mm. uh, mm-hmm. splits, you know, split squats. Those are all things that mimic movement patterns that we have in running and yeah. strengthen the muscles that we are that we need in yeah. order to move efficiently. But it also increases, you know, the strength and size of the muscle fibers, which means that we can utilize more oxygen mm. and be more economical in our running as well. So there is a slight performance um, improvement from strength training. Yeah. That is beneficial, but the main thing is injury mit- mitigation. Yeah. Then you know, if we're if we're in the weight room and lifting, um, you know, twice a week even, just twice a week, and then we're doing like maybe another two to three days of body weight work, of core work. Um, we I think studies have shown, and I, and I can't cite it, but I came across a study where you can reduce your chance of injury by fifty percent. Wow, that's huge. So that's huge. And so yeah. if we want to talk about performance, now we can only increase you know, performance by a very slight margin. And, yeah. But if we consider the, the injury reduction, if you're able to train continuously without, you know, stopping because of injury, well, then we start talking about performance gains because of the lack of injury. Yeah. So, nice. Man, it's so, so beneficial. But, yeah, the approach is to supplement the running and to be specific to what the running requires. And then lastly, periodization. And so just as we would – uh, structure our running focus mm-hmm. um, in different periods based on timing of the event and yeah. our physiology of where we're at and what we need to focus on. We will do the exact same thing in strength training. And so, in an off season, then you know I lift very heavy and mm-hmm. I'll prioritize it. So maybe it's four days in the weight room and only you know easy running for that yeah. off season. And those strength workouts are, are really heavy, like maybe 85% of one rep max. Maybe I'm doing rep ranges in three to five to, yeah. you know, it's a failure. It's, it's what you think of a little bit more traditional, you know, compound yeah. movements, heavy weight lifting. Uh, once I get into a specific training cycle, which for me and my athletes is ideally six months, then we'll move into a different phase and um, that phase will, will be a little bit lighter loads, mm-hmm. higher repetitions. Um, I might put it into like a circuit format, but we're still yeah. not, you know, just taxing the cardiovascular yeah. system, like I said earlier. But it's more of just kind of maintaining the performance. And then um, as we move into a strength phase, um, as we, you know, the next phase would be uh, to coincide more with uh, really of our, our hard, maybe like a lactate threshold type training where you're doing a lot of tempo work you're extending your weekend long runs that Mm -hmm. type of you know run training the strength training will coincide with it to be more um uh eight to ten rep range we're increasing the weight again and then as we get closer to the race we just back off the volume and we do more of like power movements plyometrics but very low very low volume where it's not very stressful yeah gotcha gotcha that's awesome man all progression 
All progression. All right. Yeah, a lot, lot of truck, a lot of stuff there. That's a lot of stuff, man. People are gonna have to repeat that. <laughs> yeah. No, no that, people can find me on social media and ask me questions. Like, hey, you know, I I love to yeah. just to just surf, man. And like, and if any of your listeners have questions of me, I'm not gonna require that they, you know, work with me as an athlete for me to answer, you know, questions like this. I love it. And you know, I think you see it on my social media. Um, every Friday, I try to put up a Q and A. Mm. So if oh, people want to, you know, if they have questions about this stuff, then yeah. feel free to just reach out to me, and I will love to have conversations with people. Well, and you also uh, you have an email newsletter you send out with just just all kind of good information. So if anybody uh, wants to subscribe to that, you know, they can get on your. Uh, I'll put a link to your website. What what is your website? Yep. Uh, fit to endure or it's f2ecoaching.com. F2ecoaching.com. Yep. Yeah. And I'll make sure and put that in the show notes. Uh, so anybody wants to subscribe to that and they can get, get all that good information, man. Uh, yeah, that's good stuff, man. It's good. And I, I, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know, I used to, I'm a big fan of lifting. I enjoy like on Fridays I get excited cause that's my, I run every day, but I get excited yeah. Thursday night. It's like, Ooh, I get to lift tomorrow. You know, it's like, you yeah. know, it's kind of a, it's a little change of pace and get to go to the gym and, yep. You know. And that's uh, one of the you know one of the beauties there is about ultra running is there's so much art. Like if you look at marathoning, man, mm-hmm. it's so much like it's just like all science. Like it's yeah. all down to a science. Yeah. And with ultra running, there's a there's so many variables. Mm-hmm. There's so many different things that determine success. And you yeah. may be just terrible at one thing, but great at something else, and that means you can be competitive. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, and that's awesome. And so in the same in the same vein, we can take a lot of different approaches to our training. Yeah. And so what I just outlined was a very scientific model to yeah. approach strength training for performance and injury reduction. But somebody else can structure their strength training entirely different and have great success with it. Yeah. Completely turn the science upside down <laughs> That's because there's there's so many variables. Yeah. And we're, we're all different. Aren't considered. We're all different. And one of the most important things that I tell that I think, you know, I tell people this all the time is like it's got to be enjoyable. Mm-hmm. You got to find your love for it. And it's got to be sustainable. It's got to be something that you can say, like, I can really do this for the rest of my life. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And if strength training is different than what I outlined previously, yeah. if strength training for you looks differently, if whoever's listening right now, if that, is, if that sounds terrible, <laughs> don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it. You know, do, it, do what makes you, like, what brings you joy. Yeah. And understand, like, well, maybe I won't get the exact same benefit that I could get, but I'm a lot happier this way. And I'm still reaching my goals. Great. That's what's important. And I'll keep doing it. Um, Yeah. I like what you said, too, about, you know, we're training to run, so we need to run, you know, specific to the sport because there, there, there are things, specifically with CrossFit, but there are books that come out and stuff. You can run an ultra marathon on, you know, hardly any miles and whatever. And I've taught, in fact, last week's podcast, um, guy, you know, ran it on with, I don't know, 35 miles of training and he suffered. It was bad, you know, and, and you got to run. You know, if you want to run, you got to yeah. run. That's so funny because you remember the first uh, certification that I mentioned? Yeah. CrossFit Endurance. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have that book. I have that book. But yeah. yeah. And so I don't buy into any of that training philosophy. And I did my first marathon with that training. Yeah. And I fell apart. Mm. It was an awful experience. I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. And um, 
Yeah, so that's funny you mentioned that because that was my first certification. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's what. Yeah. Well, and and um, you know, I don't know. I think it comes with um, you know, everybody wants. We live in a world where people want a lot of shortcuts and people want the 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 quick, easy way. And everything that you and I have just talked about about owning your your problems or owning your that that's hard. And then run, you know, training. It's it's hard. It takes work, man. You got to put the time in. You know, if you want to run the, uh, the, these races, you got to put the time in, and and that makes sure. that's what makes it worth it. You know, <laughs> that's right. And I will add this to it: if if you're not willing to do the work, then you have to adjust your expectations. Ah, yeah. And so, if you want to do like what I outlined with the CrossFit endurance model of you run three days a week and you lift five days a week. Well, maybe your goal is to just finish the race and hold on to all your strength gains in the gym. Maybe yeah. you don't want to lose your deadlift max. Yeah. More power to you. That's cool. Like, yeah. you know, that's that's fine. Um, you're going to suffer. <laughs> you're going to suffer <laughs> yeah, a lot yeah. You know, yeah. in the run, and, and it's unnecessary suffering. But if, you, if your main goal is to hold on to your deadlift max, okay, yeah. Yeah. then that's your priority, and you just have to adjust your expectation and understand you won't finish as fast as you possibly could, and you're going to suffer more than you need to. Yeah, it goes back to like you said. If that if that if that's what makes you happy, then then go for it. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like you know, hey, I want to get a six pack, but I'm not willing to give up, you know, my my ice cream every day. Well, okay, just adjust your expectations and hold on to the ice cream. Get rid of the six pack. I yeah, that's it. You're not gonna have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so I, I guess um, in, in the runners that that you've coached, um, you know, and and runners that you've kind of interacted with what do you find generally i mean i know it's a blanket statement and and um what do you find generally is like the biggest struggle for 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 runners you know people that you coach what's that is a great question i don't know if that if, if this struggle is a byproduct of my coaching <laughs> or if it's just a common struggle but work or uh life training balance yeah yeah balancing the workload yeah. And in meeting their objectives and training with meeting, you know, the needs of uh, attention and time with family. That's huge. And um, that is, that's a big one. And it's something that, that everybody struggles with. And, you know, I'm very blessed to be a full-time coach. This is yeah. what I do for a living. Like, it's a dream job for me. I get to act like I'm a pro athlete. I'm nowhere near <laughs> yeah, it, but I get yeah, to act yeah. like it because all I do is train and study physiology psychology you know yeah, like yeah. i just get to, this is my life and it's amazing I, I don't deserve it but even with that life yeah i'm constantly you know dealing with like guilt for going mm. out on a you know a five-hour training run yeah you know whenever i know that my wife needs to get her workout in and we've got four kids at home yeah yeah um, so there's always going to be a struggle and, you know, the biggest thing is, is just, you know, what I tell everybody is, is to, to communicate yeah. and just communicate to your family that first they will main, they will always be your top priority mm-hmm. and that, that will not change. And if yeah. it does change, then it's my responsibility as the coach to refigure the training. Mm-hmm. If, if the training's too much to where it interferes with their family, then that's on me and I got to fix it. Yeah. So first communicate to your family. Communicate that they are your priority. Secondly, communicate what running means to you and why you're investing so much time into it. Yeah. And more often than not, that's the solution. Once yeah. 
you tell someone who loves you and supports you why this means so much to you and why this makes you a better husband or wife or why this makes you a better father or why this is helping you grow and develop as a person and find out new things about yourself, mm. then you recruit them yeah. from a place of jealousy to a place of support and yeah. admiration. Nice. And that's, that seems to usually solve the problem. And if it doesn't, then maybe we have to start going into some things that I work with my life coaching clients on prioritization and planning and effective use of our time and yeah. making sure that we're doing everything in our day efficiently and that we have a purpose in every day too. Yeah. Well, it always helps when your partner realizes you're running off the crazy. <laughs> I'm just right. a better person when I run. <laughs> That's right. I'm going to come back. Maybe I'm going to come back happier. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got to go right just now. Just give me five hours. Yeah. Yes, that's right. That's right. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Well, uh, man, I think uh, I think our listeners have got a lot to, to chew on, a lot of insight, man. Thanks so much for sharing. But I always like to, too, and I know I know the answer to some of these. Um, I always like to talk about, uh, you know, what equipment, what nutrition and stuff you're using, um, just because people people like to know what everybody's using. So uh, I know yeah. what shoes you're using. I know yeah. the brand. Ultra all the way. Get, wide toe box. Lose the sponsor. Even if I lose the sponsorship, I will be ultra for the rest of my life. I've been yeah. wearing ultras for, I guess, six, five, six years now. And it's been the only shoe that I, that I wear, and I love it. The wide toe box, um, I'm a big, big believer in uh, improving our running mechanics. And I believe that they provide us a platform to do that, to, to, to spread the load out um, evenly the way that we were designed to run. Yeah. So, yeah. Ultra all the way, brother. Which model? Which model are you running right now in for the roads? Which one? So I have fallen in love with the Torn 4.5. Okay. That I see. I don't have the 4.5 yet. I have the the four plush, but I don't have the 4.5. It's yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't have the four plush. I had the regular fours. Okay. What I understand, they've kind of just married the four plush and the four regular together. Yeah. You get the best of both worlds. But I'm not a person who actually likes a lot of cushion. Yeah. But the funny thing is, my favorite two shoes right now are the the, the torn 4.5 plush and the Olympus. Yeah, that's <laughs> the new Olympus. That's, yeah, that's awesome. So, <laughs> so you're doing Olympus on the trails, then, huh? I'm doing Olympus on the trails, unless I do speed work. Now, if I'm running faster, like you know, if I'm running marathon, even if it's a marathon, I'll run. I ran my last marathon in the Cayente, oh, which wow. is you know yeah. a little bit on the less cushion side. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll do speed work in the solstice and the Cayente. If I'm on the okay. road, I'll, I'll still do speed work or, or hill, you know, hill, hill training on the, um, in the superior. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, nice. it just depends on what the, you know, I'm all about purpose, man. Like if, yeah. if I'm running, like yeah. what's my purpose today? Well, what, all right. What, yeah. what equipment do I need to meet that purpose? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And I, I and I, I second with the Olympus, man. I, I did I did my 200 in it. I've been I've been running, especially those those mountain rocky races, and, and keep my feet happy. You know, yeah. it's, it's nice. It's nice. Yeah. Well, um, and, and I know this answer too, but I'm going to ask you for everybody else. What are you using for GPS? The Coros. I got gotcha. the, the Coros Apex Pro. Yeah. And um, I switched over from I went from Garmin to Coros a little over a year ago. I got the, the, the Apex 46 millimeter um, yeah. real raw watch like they just came into the market. It was good. The battery life was incredible. I had some issues with it 
mm-hmm. um, I upgraded to the pro and it's just been phenomenal. Like <laughs> just yeah. incredible. I've done heart rate testing with the strap and with, and then just with my, um, the, uh, optical meter and it's actually just as accurate as the strap. Which oh, wow. Fascinating because I didn't know the technology would do that. So maybe I have an outlier, but yeah. Hmm. Um, wow. So that's pretty that's impressive. Awesome. And yeah. yeah. And then of course, just the battery life. I charge my watch, even if I'm training, you know, 12 hours a week, then, um, I'll charge my watch twice a week. I mean, twice a month. Wow. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right. Well, um, and for your, your long, long runs, trail runs, what kind of pack are you wearing? And we're in the, the Nathan vapor air. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Seven, seven milliliter. Yep. And what, what kind of nutrition and hydration are you stuffing in that pack? Just switched over to spring energy a few months ago. Okay. I've been really happy. And so yeah. I, I took honey stinger for a long time. And then my last 50 K, um, had some, had some GI issues yeah. and just all the sugar, man. Like, <laughs> and uh, it was, yeah. a, it was a road 50 K and I was, I was running it all out. Yeah. And, yeah. I was, you know, it was more like marathon pace almost. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, I probably took in too much, but anyways, I, I switched over to spring, uh, spring energy and just, it is, it's, it's adult baby food for endurance athletes. And so yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I use that for my, the treadmill challenge. I put part of my nutrition and, uh, it was good, man. It, it was good, yeah. good natural. And I, I do, I do, um, honey stinger too, but the honey, yep. especially on an ultra after a while, it's like that. I can't, you know, <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing about uh, what I love about spring too, is just the, the different like formulas. So you have like, you know, something for fast energy, hundred, hundred calories and, you know, 17 grams of, of real carbohydrates. But yeah. then you also have like your long haul or your, your wolf pack, which is a 300 calorie yeah. gel. Yeah. Quote, air quote yeah. gel. Yeah. It's not a real gel. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know, 300 calories with a high fat content. Yeah. And so, you know, obviously that's, you know, what you need when you're out for, for 24 plus hours. Yeah. Um, and so it's just got more specific formulas for, you know, what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, man, uh, last question. Um, and, and, um, for somebody who is out there who is just maybe just started running, got off the couch and they're thinking, man, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I want to run an ultra. They've run some races. I don't know. Somebody just starting, what kind of advice would you give them? Yeah. Set some process goals. How many days a week do I want to run? Um, you know, start there and, and, and set that goal. And, um, Train your hard days hard and your easy days easy. Mm. That's a big one. Yeah. Um, and more often than not, if you're just getting off the couch, maybe 95 to maybe 100% of your run should be easy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, if you're going to do any hard running, um, then you always need to follow that up with some easy easy mm. running to make sure you just reduce your chances of injuries because the one of the biggest risks of getting off the couch and, and getting into the sport is the high risk of injury. Yeah. And it's usually because we try to load too much volume too soon or too much intensity too soon. Yeah. Right on. Uh, and, you know, some of us need to be reminded it's even uh, that they've been running a long time. We try to stack too many hard days and, and we need those easy days. I need them. <laughs> I need it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I'll back up and say before they're even setting a process goal, determine why. Yeah. Be real yeah. clear. You know, and we talked yeah. about that earlier with, with all my athletes. The first thing I, I, I ask is, 
why do you want to do this and why do you do it? Yeah. And so, you know, if you're thinking about it right now and you're like, hey, this just sounds awesome. I really want to get into this because it sounds like there's a lot of benefits. Um, get so clear that you can write it down on a piece of paper. Hmm. And whenever you think about quitting or whenever you start second guessing your decision, get that piece of paper out and remind yourself. Hmm. Or good. keep it in front of you every single day. I always tell people, your, your imagination will go in two different places. It's either going to go into a place of worry and anxiety or it's going to go into a place of creativity. Mm. And so if we want to program our minds to do what we tell it to do so it doesn't act like a toddler running around unsupervised with a knife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want to program it by doing two things. Ask ourselves really good questions. That's where gratitude comes in. What am I grateful for? What a wonderful question. Yeah. That gets your yeah. mind thinking creatively and away from worry and stress. And the second thing is to set goals. Mm. Setting goals and being in front of those goals every single day will program our mind to think in a creative and positive space. Nice, nice. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, Cliff, man, always a pleasure interacting with you. And I love the stuff you post. Uh, I want to encourage everybody to, to go ahead and, and and follow him. Subscribe to the to the newsletter. I'll have all that that stuff in there. And um, Cliff, just thank you, man. I'm hoping we can I can get out there and maybe we, once you get better, we can we can hit some trails yeah. together. Absolutely, man. We'll do it. Anthony just came out here not too long ago and we did we did Kessler Mountain. And so. I was telling him I need to come out your way and run turkey with you. So hey, man, you you come out this way and yeah, you you I'll I'll we'll definitely I'll join you out there, man. And then my parents live not not too too far from you, so uh so right, hot springs, yeah. Yeah, so next time next time I'm out in that direction, maybe we'll have to plan a little meetup for hit some love trails. Live not far out of hot springs, so okay, nice, yeah, yeah, we, we, we that that would be cool, man. Good Saturday morning. Yeah, we can do that. That'd be awesome, man. <laughs> All right, brother. Well, you take care of yourself right, and uh, he, get that uh, ankle healed up, and we'll talk again soon. We'll do. All Appreciate right. you. Thanks. See you, brother.